This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Break layers and ball shorts. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins. Welcome to another episode of Who's On the line. We got another one on the line today. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show on all podcast platforms. But make sure you go to anchor.fm, follow the Ball Hawk Show. And if you want to support the podcast, hit that support button. You got an option of donating just 99 cents a month, or you could donate $4.99 a month. But you know, I always put out a bunch of product every week. I try to put at least two podcast a week and with these who's online you're getting at least an hour worth of content of that one-on-one in-depth info behind the scenes but anything that you donate me i definitely appreciate you go to sthujuice.com for your shut the hell up juice apparel get you a petty hawk sweatshirt get you a redemption shirt and you never know a redemption sweatshirt could be dropping soon, so be on the lookout for that. Also, this podcast episode, uh, this podcast episode is sponsored by Able Insurance. Go to ableinsurance.net for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life insurance. Able Insurance, Billy and Charlene White, the good folks up there at Able. And if you're in Charlottesville area, go up by Royal Road. Go up to their offices and tell them the Ball Hawk sent you or just hit them up on their two numbers and the toll-free number. So without further ado, you hear him in the background. He want to introduce today's guest. Go ahead, Petty Hawk. Introduce the guest. It's the return of the mat time. It's the return of the mat. It's Petty Hawk, and we got return of the mat. Joining Mac, he not only knock you out on the field, he knock out books off the field. The boy graduate. Oh, okay, I'm getting a little too excited. We got Jordan Matt today on the show. People think he don't talk, but he talked to us because we petty hawk. Oh, and now they got ball hawk. Roll it, ball hawk. What up, what up, what up, what up, though? So we back another episode of Who's on the Line, as Petty Hawk said. He already introduced who was here, but I got to do my introduction. I got a guy that uh, came here as a safety but uh, introduced himself on the big stage when he introduced the Mack truck hit in the end zone versus Duke, and that's the captain, Jordan Mack. What's good with you, Jordan? It's all good. It's all good. Can't complain. Can't complain. So, look, y'all know Jordan. He a man of few words, but on this podcast, <laughs> y'all going to hear him talk. 
So I just want to let everybody know. I know he was mic'd up before the season during camp, but uh, he got a, he got a fun personality. Y'all just don't get to see it, but you get to see it on my show. You know, we got Bryce Hall to talk for over fifty minutes. So <laughs> this is easy, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> so since the bowl game, Jordan, man, all the guys. Well, I don't want to say all the guys. I don't think Bryce did, but I know Hasis. Joe, uh, Joe and Bryce and B. Perk said they stayed in the Airbnb and lived the life up down there in uh, Miami. What did you do after the bowl game? Oh, man. You know, unfortunately, I couldn't do it because uh, I had my ankle surgery. So I had to, you know, lay alone for a little bit. So I mainly just went back home downtime. And it was kind of a relaxation business trip. You know, I met with. Uh, my agent when I went back home to sign and make things official there and uh, basically just kick back up and chill and just relax, you know, take my uh, take a deep breath since the season just ended. Yeah, so what what ended up happening w- with your ankle? Was it just a bad spring to end up needing a little bit of cleaning? Yeah, that was basically it. just a really bad, uh, just a sprain that they said it would be better to get it fixed and sit on it, you know, it would be a better help me out in the long run to, to basically get it fixed. How long did was you you know fighting the pain and, and and playing through it? Um, it it was a couple of weeks. Um, you know, just after the the North Carolina game, just something that just kept nagging. You know, one play would just uh, basically set me back and it just kept nagging me and kind of prevented me from uh, doing some of the things I wanted to do. But um just had to power through you know because we were having a special season and uh wanted to be out there with the guys yeah because you definitely powered through the, the tech game you didn't you played did you you finished the whole tech game right yeah yeah i had to finish that one and then it was the clemson game where like towards right after the second half i think is when you came out yeah it was right before the right before half time. right before just half. yeah just uh couldn't well yeah just you couldn't really you know, push cooperate. off like you wanted right what you said? You really couldn't push off and, and yeah, I couldn't cut, push off. Just couldn't play the way I wanted to play on it. Yeah, so you know, I had to start with after the bowl game just to see what you got into. Um, but now we're gonna we're gonna take it back to the beginning, man. Take you back to high school. Um, you were actually a safety and a receiver in high school, man. What was what was that like playing both ways uh, at Westland at Westland School? Uh, it was, I mean, it was just the deal. I mean, you know, our small private school, when I went there, it was 2A. So at the time, you know, everybody you know, that was on the team, we had to play both ways. And that was just the status quo. Uh, everyone just played offense and defense. And it was fun because, you know, you got insights on both sides of uh, the field on offense and defense. So, you know, the more you're on the field, you know, the more you can help out with the team. And so it was pretty fun, you know, just Friday night lights with the guys and, going out there having the ball yeah and um when did the recruiting process start with you because Hasee said he got a scholarship offer from Rutgers like his 10th grade year and I was like dang I don't I didn't get an offer that early well when when did you first receive your first offer I know like questionnaires come in and things like that and you start getting interest but when did somebody first offer you a full scholarship it seemed like a long time um <laughs> i want to say i want to say it was uh honestly around my my freshman year after my freshman year my dad's alma mater extended an and offer Georgia Tech, Georgia right? Tech. 
Yeah. yeah. Pops went to Georgia Tech. Salute the Pops from eighty-seven to, from eighty-three to eighty-seven. Yeah, that now that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think and you know what? My I think my high school career was actually ninety-three to ninety-seven. Yeah. So I mean my last football season was ninety-six, but I graduated in ninety-seven. So that's crazy. It kind of mirrors ten years later from your pops. Yeah, most definitely. So uh and then did your brother go to the same high school? Yeah, he went to the same high school as uh well yeah, I went to the same high school as him. Okay. Um yeah, so uh just watching him um, you know, go throughout the process and everything and it's basically uh kind of the same but you know, different. We traveled our, you know, different paths, but you know, learned a lot from him, you know, just by watching him do it, you know, going through the process and all. Yeah, so that made your preparation easy because um, I could reflect on my cousin went to the same high, you know, I ended up going to his high school, Hampton High School, um, and seeing him go through his process. Um, it wasn't, like, overwhelming once I started getting calls. Was that just probably the same feeling you had once you started fielding calls from, from colleges and stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I knew what to expect, and, uh, you know, I knew how to handle it and what to do when, they called and what to say and how to go about things based on you know what he would say and uh, what the little pieces of advice he would give me now we got a former Wahoo great Chris Slade that coaches down in, in Georgia the Taste it? Academy yeah so yeah. did you play against him his team? oh yeah I played against his Pace um, I want to say my two years because they're in a higher classification now but uh, when I went there we were in the same region so we we played each other my junior senior year. You know, those are some great games, some great battles. Did you sure. did you play any other sports? You just played football. Did you play basketball too? Yeah, I played uh, basketball my freshman and sophomore year, okay. and ran track all four years in high school. Nice, nice. What you running track? Did 100, 200? Yeah, I did the 100, 200 high jump, the relays, four by one, four by four. I did a little bit of hurdling. Oh, you did some bit. hurdles? Hold on, hold on, because yeah. see, Perk, Perk did hurdles. I'm trying to find out now. He said he he, he was okay at hurdles because his hips was tight, so he ain't doing that much. <laughs> was your hips tight? Would you have tight hips too? Man, I wouldn't say I had tight hips. I just, it just wasn't for me, you know, running and jumping at the same time. I just couldn't get with it, you know, this. It was just a lot for me, you know, I just, Running in straight line or just running is my will be my thing, but it was kind of hard for me to get the run in and having to jump over the barrier. So yeah, I just it, it just wasn't my race, but uh, you know I tried it for a little bit. Yeah, I feel, and that's when you was a little guy. So people oh, yeah. gotta realize, oh, yeah. you know, you you wasn't the Jordan Mac you was today, over <laughs> two hundred thirty pounds. You were what were you in high school when you was coming out? Man, I was 195, 190, 205 on a on a great day. A big meal. Yeah, big meal, <laughs> great day, nice little lift. So when did UVA first contact you? And you were getting contacted by Coach London and his staff, right? Yeah. Um, they first contacted me my junior year, I believe. Uh, my head coach, I remember, like, you know, just walking down the hallway, you know, he told me that, you know, Virginia – was going to call later that evening because he had just spoken with uh, Coach Jappy Oliver. and He said they had a real good conversation and that they were going to call me later that evening. And um, Sure enough, he called me. And, you know, that's where the relationship started. 
Man, so who was who was actually the uh, the coach that was contacting you the most? Uh, from the previous staff, it was yeah. Coach Oliver, Jackie Oliver. Oh, Jackie Oliver. Okay. And when did you take end up taking your visit down here? I took my first visit around my high school spring break. I want to say so in like April, around okay. April. I took a uh, my first visit where I met you know Coach, Coach London, Coach Tenuta, toured the facility, met uh, Miss Fitz, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody. And who were who who was like when you cut your your schools down? Who were the finalists with UVA? You UVA, Georgia Tech, and Vanderbilt. UVA, Georgia Tech, and Vanderbilt. And then when you chose UVA, and London and staff left. What came through your mind? Because what's so ironic is that, you know, Bryce transferred here. But, I mean, yourself, B-Hall, Hasis, and Joe, you guys all played as true freshmen. So none yeah. of you guys redshirted. So what was what was that like? And, your, you know, and from your lenses as far as seeing a new coach? Um, I was, you know, I was pretty optimistic, pretty patient. Um, you know, I was... Uh, like my dad used to always tell me throughout the process, you know, you commit to to the school and not the coach just for the reason, you know, a coach could leave any time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, UVA was just a place I wanted to be. So I remained pretty optimistic. You know, it was a place I wanted to be. And, you know, I just trusted. So I sat still and knowing that uh, UVA would hire um, the right candidate, right person for the job. And, you know, sure enough, they did with Coach Mendenhall and um, just spoke with him and everything. And, you know, I'm just glad I made that choice to, you know, be optimistic, sit still, and you know, continue on to go to UVA. Yeah, I'm glad as well. well who was your was Quinn your host since he was since you was a defensive back? No, it was uh, it was where's Eric Smith, Biggie from Biggie. because we're both from Georgia. Okay, that connection. Nice and and uh, oh, I can't I cannot move past this. What did Pop say when you didn't pick Georgia Tech? Man, um. Honestly, I don't think he he was pretty big on uh you know me and let me and my brother make our uh, own choice. Mm-hmm. So I mean you know he was he was just genuinely excited you know happy that I found a place uh, for me and that fit me. So uh, he was pretty excited and you know uh, more, I would almost say more excited than I was. Yeah, to some degree. <laughs> hey, you know why your pops is really really happy? Because his pockets won't gonna be getting hurt. Because <laughs> your brother got a full scholarship to Richmond, right? Yeah, he did. See, mm-hmm. look at that. Woo, daddy was happy. Like, man, I mean, and that helps too. You're only an hour away from your brother. Um, I know mm-hmm. he was finishing up, but but still, it's it's an area that they were, you know, relatively familiar with with traveling and and going to UR games. So, oh yeah. Um, so when you get here. Earn not giving is waiting in the wings. How long did it take before you transitioned from safety to the linebackers room? Oh man, it was a. It seemed like a long transi- transition, but it really wasn't. It was uh, pretty much this entire off season came up in the summer, all summer, and then you know, literally with two weeks left in fall camp, two or three weeks left. You know, I made that transition to the linebacker room, you know, mm. just after it was literally after practice where, you know, in our meetings after a fall camp practice and uh, Coach Howe just uh, comes to me, pulls me to the side and, you know, just tells me that, you know, the linebackers are 
a room that doesn't have much depth and you know i could go in their room and you know compete for a spot or i could just sit in the safety room and you know just you know also compete for a spot but you know being a freshman and all and more guys are in that room and but i could go to the linebacker room and have a better chance and mm-hmm. you know, sure enough i said you know let me get my stuff and you know wherever the team needs me of course but uh get my stuff and go to the linebacker room and that's where it all started right there that day yeah and it helped that coach Howell was also the dc with uh coach Pepin, mm-hmm. so you know those two minds coming together he's been familiar with you and then the fact that you was playing on the outside then i think that probably helped your transition more because in in high school were you more of a of a middle you know middle of the field safety or was you around the box a lot um, I was definitely a middle of the field type safety, you know, playing in the deep post mm-hmm. area. Man, so what? So was you biting people's faces all like? Because they just don't take a safety and move them in the linebacker unless they thumping, you know. So you must have been thumping a little bit. Um, I, you know, I like to think so. I like to, <laughs> I like to say I had that mindset, you know, that that linebacker mindset, even uh, from a DB position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, because, I mean, I remember when we were getting ready for that first game and just breaking down the depth chart, and um, um, I had thoughts of you. I was like, okay, he going to be a good safety. Quinn's leaving. We got some depth. And then when they moved you to the outside, I was like, yo, that's actually pretty good because if teams go, you know, three receiver sets, you're a former safety, you could just bump out playing between. We don't have to really use a nickel. Then your overall speed, blitzing the quarterback, um, I thought it'd be an advantage, but what was what was it like those first couple games playing outside backer? Um, it really uh, wasn't that bad because even though the position was labeled as a outside backer, it kind of almost felt like you said I was playing DB a little bit. You know, I was or the nickel dropped into a half. You know, playing you know the slot cornerback uh, area. You know, covering slot wide receivers. And so I mean, it was. It was a pretty fun adjustment, you know, for me. I really, it was really not that much of a difference. You know, I could be physical from the linebacker position, but also, you know, have the hips and do all the things the DB needed to do. So it really wasn't that much of a difference. It it felt like the perfect, honestly, the perfect position for me, uh, knowing that, you know, I had a little linebacker uh, size and do linebacker things, but also, you know, be able to play DB and do the DB thing so you know it worked out well because it actually was the position that I feel like was best for me mm, okay so you so even though you playing an inside you would love to, to flirt with playing on the outside again at on the NFL if possible oh yeah absolutely just the the uh, variety the being able to play you know cover mm-hmm. um, do the DB things a little bit but also you know be in the box and be physical, feel the feel the hole when it comes to running and do all those type of things. It's, uh, I feel like that that's pretty fun and I feel like uh, uh, I'm capable of doing that. Definitely, man. So your first, how was that trip when y'all played at Oregon? <laughs> I mean, it was it was fun because I remember in high school, you know, that was just literally the you know freshman coming in. That's a game that I wanted to play and I always wanted to play in and go out to Oregon, you know, see the facility, do all that stuff. So, you know, it was fun, you know, being a uh, high school kid, you know, just seeing, being out in Eugene, Oregon and seeing the big time atmosphere like that. You know, usually you see it on TV, you see the uniforms and all. So it was pretty cool being out there and 
and being able to play and and you know uh, he learned learned a couple lessons during that game. But uh, that was a pretty cool atmosphere, and I definitely enjoyed it for sure. No doubt. And then that that year, Lamar Jackson came. They, Lamar Jackson and Louisville came here, right? Was uh it? yeah, they for, yeah in Charlottesville. Yep. Yeah. How was how was it just trying to get a grasp of that QB in the pocket? Man, um, you know we, I I to this day, you know that year I credit uh, Devontae Cross honestly uh, for helping us out because you know he was a dangerous quarterback and um, you know all during that week he gave us the best look mm. uh, at what Lamar Jackson could offer. So um, you know. To, that's how we. I feel like we we're able to really defend him really well and keep him contained yeah. during that freshman year because you know he could basically game changer once he gets out of the pocket or you know once he does his Lamar Jackson thing. You know it's, it's pretty much a wrap. You know it's pretty hard. So uh, I feel like Devontae did a really good job of preparing us where we could uh, make him pretty one dimensional, which was keep the ball out of his hand and you know when he had the ball in his hand, keep him contained and actually make him throw it and make his wide receivers. Uh, make plays. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. That was the first game that I s- seen a defense um, basically keep him in the pocket. And then that's what also made me respect him even more because he demonstrated that he would actually stand and throw versus right. really force runs because you guys had the lanes bottled up. You were kind of just mirroring him and make, like you said, make the receivers make plays. And his receivers dropped some passes. Our DBs did a good uh-huh. job in coverage too. And, you know, it just came down to that last drive. But um, shout out to Willie Beeman, man. Devontae is a dude that has played, I mean, got so so much skill, man, that people forget that he came here as a quarterback. Right. So, you know, shout out to him. But then, as we transition, you move to the inside <laughs> with Micah Kaiser to the side of you, man. How was, how was that? Knowing that he was the vocal point of the backers and now you're right beside him. Were you calling the defense, or was he calling the defense? Like, how, how was that adjustment? Honestly, it was uh, it was all Micah. You know, he was, you know, he's a naturally uh, vocal person. Mm-hmm. Many people might not know that, but uh, you know, it just <laughs> came easy for him. So, and which made my job a little easier too, and the transition a little smoother. That you know, you had a guy like like that stature and manner, you know, who could communicate effectively and loudly that can get the defense on the entire on the same page but also you know help me out and give me little uh pieces of information to help me play faster and do the things i need to do so i mean he he helped me out tremendously when i made that transition and you know it allowed me to take the stress of the game off and you know what i needed some of the things you know i needed to do it took that off of me knowing that uh michael was right there and you know he will kind of have my back a little bit when I messed up but also you know be able to give me information right before play happened or you know just that communication and dialogue just allow me to see and and uh learn from him side by side yeah man because you I mean real talk within your second game you had like what 16 tackles or something crazy versus yeah versus Indy had 16 tackles that's your second game as an (laughs) inside backer you bam out 16 of them James did, were you sore? Like, was it like, God, no, I could fill all 16? Or was you just so much in the zone that you were straight? Um, I, It was literally just so much in the zone where you just don't even know until you see it and someone tells you after the game. It's just you're out there, you know, you, 
you know, when it comes when you're out there, you gotta do what you need to do. And you know, it just doesn't really hit you until you're after the game and Sunday morning when your body starts to hurt a little bit. But uh yeah, it was just um it was just to hear the moment, you know, just didn't know, just need to do what I need to do to help the team out at that point. Yeah, man, because, you know, Michael was known as a tackling machine, always had over 100 tackles, had Quinn coming down the box, always over 100 tackles. And then all of a sudden, you look at the end of the season, it's like, yo, Jordan got 114 also. <laughs> yo, that's a lot of running around and headbutting people because, uh, let's, be, let's be honest, man, three is greedy. Greed, three will come down to still a lot of tackles, man. And you probably how many times did he hit you in your back or something? Man, um, shoot, uh, probably. I mean, honestly, I'll probably hit him in the back sometimes because he would get to the to the tackle before me. If I'm being honest, but uh, man, um, he usually I like to stay away from the the friendly fire. But uh, oh, he he known because he would tell me, "Hulk, I hit pals." If I see some, hey, they better get down before I get there because I'm hitting everything. So that's why I asked you that because he's but, not shy of saying that he was a friendly fire All American. Like he would hit anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I try to you know get the the person down before uh, you know he got there to to avoid all of that. Man, so you know after that year, y'all go to the military bowl. You have nine tackles in the military bowl. Um, Michael leaves. Now you're the veteran on the inside. What what was what was that transition in the offseason as far as like mentally? Did you feel like you had to do more as far as film study? Um, did you feel like you pretty much knew the offense because Micah and, and all the teachings he had for you? Um, what what was that like just knowing that now you were the vocal point? Um, you know, he laid out a pretty good blueprint of the uh, things I needed to do uh, when it come, came to watching film, leading the guys, and do all those things. And um, so uh, he did a pretty good job of basically instilling in me, you know, the things I needed to do and the, how I needed to be vocal and just step up and be that guy and, and um, just be the guy on and off the field to help uh, not only the position linebacker room, but the team as a whole and advance the program to where it needed to be. You know, I got a question, man. I always wondered this, you know, like in the 3-4, since you got a running mate right beside you, is it like being a quarterback with a different receiver as far as because Malcolm was with you at the beginning, he got injured, you had Zane, then Snyder would come in some. Is there anything with having somebody new beside you that you have to time up your blitz different or as far as spilling or, or filling, is there any little – nuances is, is adjustments I guess is what I'm trying to ask you because it was a lot of it's a, it was a revolving door beside you for a little mm-hmm. while um uh like naturally like everybody plays different so it, you know you got to kind of uh fill out you know the person who you're playing with so you guys can play off of each other and mm-hmm. help you got each other out you know when it comes to the, like blitz and then doing all those things so um in a sense yeah but um, when you are able to understand, you know, each person and, you know, how they play and they are able to understand you and how you play, then you are able to, like, you know, quickly adjust and feed off of each other and, and know and communicate and um, be able to basically hop in and, and basically fill that role or, you know, someone else uh, takes your uh, your place and, you know, you can just basically balance it all out and you know how to uh, adjust or you know, speak or communicate to that person so they can, um, so you both guys can be on the same page so there won't be a huge drop off. 
Yeah, because I mean, you don't have the the luxury really of having like if you in a four or three, you you got a one tech or a three tech, but that most time that one technique can kind of protect you. And the three four, that guard could get up on you quick, just depending on right. like, what type of games you're running and things like that. But like, so when I look at you as a inside backer, I think of you like you could go sideline to sideline, but you're you seem like you was always the one that was stumping. And the other backer was coming off, like playing off you. Like you always felt like I always felt like you enjoyed taking a role, or you understood that, yo, I know I could deliver the blow. I'ma let my bro come off, scrape off the plate, and and clean him up. Because Zane is a backer to me. It's like Zane is a kid that you just let fly, and yeah. the other backer <laughs> gonna feel. You feel what I'm saying? And that, it's not yeah. a knock on him, but I felt like you identified because with Micah, you guys were pretty much both of you could do both. You know what I'm saying? But I just felt like with Zane, when he was learning, that you was like, all right, look, check this out, young blood. I'm going to go hit this back or I'm going to hit I'm gonna hit this uh, fullback. I'm going to hit this guard or whoever, and you clean them up. Is that oh, the yeah. type of mentality that you had? Most definitely. That's just a type of defense that um, that Coach Howell instills in us, but mm-hmm. also you know, the mentality that as myself, I want the defense to have, you know, that we're going to deliver the blow. You know, it's going to be a physical game. We're going to be a physical defense. You know, we're going to, you know, hit you. We're going to, uh, if you're off the ground by a little bit until you're down on the ground, you know, we're going to hit you. If you're inbounds, we're going to be physical. So that's just the type of defense that, um, while I, since I've been at Virginia, that's, you know, been instilled in me. So, and even in Micah, you know, that's the things he would do. You know, he would take up blocks. He would, mm-hmm. you know, force things back into me to make the play. So, you know, just for me, it was just, that's just how uh, the game and how, you know, I kind of pass along the generation. Just, you know, being physical, being that tone setter type guy that'll just come in and um, be physical and, and say, let's go. You know, now it's time to play. And, you know, we got, you know, got to get going and guys can see and look at you and knowing that all right you know it's time to play and we got to get going now yeah because it, it just seemed like as zane got more comfortable and got more reps then he started slowing things down and this year was was the prime example this year y'all played off each other like it was times where he filled you scraped and teams couldn't really just pinpoint and be like we could just attack 30 33 because he's not gonna feel this year he was feeling and then mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with you. Then vice versa, if they run, they knew if they ran at you, it was gonna be that work coming. And look, I remember what was it? The damn, I think it was a Florida State game. You ran a damn guard over. <laughs> yeah, that. that was, you remember yeah, that, that was, dog? Uh, yeah, I man, <laughs> that was crazy. What the hell, man? Like, what? What's that feeling like? Cause you got a sack by just rolling by pancake yeah. him. You ain't even touched the quarterback. He tripped over you because you <laughs> rolled, you you like alligator roll, crocodile roll. But what's that feeling like, man, when you know you just get up in a, a guard's chest and drive him back? Man, there's no, uh, it's hard to describe. You know, it's just, oh, man, it's, <laughs> it's pretty, it's really hard to describe. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, uh, like the tone setter thing, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm coming, it's going to be like this all game. And, you know, it's going to be a physical game and, you know, this is uh, the mentality I'm bringing and this is the mentality I'm playing with. So uh, it's just it's just one of those things that's like, it's time to go. You know, you got to you gotta do what you got to do. And, you know, it, it sets the tone for the game and it lets that person know that, all right, I'm about to, you know, this is who I'm playing. You know, this is the guy I'm playing and this is the type of game he plays. What, what was it like having those 
two freakish avatars playing outside backer beside you. It definitely helps. Like <laughs> I don't think people really understand, you know, when it comes to passing and how hard, truly, how hard it is to to pass the ball when they are extended. You know, for them to get PBUs or yeah. uh, come off the edge and their quickness and ability. Like I don't think people really understand how athletic they truly are you know how quick and how fast they move and just how helpful they are when it comes to setting the edge and getting their hands up and clogging up windows and clogging up lanes when the when it's the quarterbacks back there throwing the ball so um they like we like to i like to call ourselves the best linebackers in the country and talk spicy there we go say it again for them i like to you know you know i write on my wrist you know Mm. for every single game lbu yeah that's just the mentality that uh I personally believe, you know, at the University of Virginia, you know, outside, inside, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, it's just it's, we're the best linebacker uh, crew in the nation. And, and, you know, this past year, the numbers kind of backed that up. So, you know, it was Coach Pop, Coach Hunter, they do all a good job of preparing us. But, um, you know, those guys truly help us out and we were able to play off each other. Oh, no. I mean, you won't get an argument because I could, I could, I could give you – ammo to that statement you know you start with this year with the four y'all then micah and then we could go down to the mar brooks and the daryl blackstocks and we could go down to the wally rainers we could go mm-hmm. down to the chris slade we could go down to potsy i mean it's just so many buying tweets you're gonna Elizabeth. like yeah it's linebacker you thank you yeah, doing Mac. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man i mean also, what 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 why why the change from thirty seven to four? Um, well, uh, four was my high school number, and but more importantly, you know, I just felt like you know I just did everything I needed to do in thirty seven, and you know, coming to the senior year, just a new year, new number, new opportunities, just new everything, and just leave it all out there on the, the field for the last time, and you know, be remembered and. Uh, and just continue to carry on the legacy of Virginia football, but more importantly, just you know, opening up a, a new year, new season, and not living on the past of you know number thirty-seven and mm-hmm. you know the big Duke Hick and all those things. Just you know, opening up a new variety of this is a new year, new plays, new opportunities, just new everything to be to be made in a new era of Virginia football. Yeah, I thought you were about to say, yeah, I chose four because I wanted to open up a new can of whip ass for people. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, but yo, we talk about, so I always, you know, my motto, be great today, good as enemy, great, be great, you know, be legendary or be forgotten. You got a legendary play, bro. You just talked about it. We're going to go back. Duke game. <laughs> a future first round pick in Daniel Jones. Uh, I call it. I call him Danny Nichols. People call him Danny Dimes. But versus our defense, he was Danny Nichols because you know we was picking them off. We were getting them at half price. You know what I'm saying? You hit him in the yeah. mouth, made him do a somersault. You could have signed with WWE after that hit. Did you think he was going to duck or something? Because you came unblocked, and a lot of times, you know, most backers like, hold on, man, it's too easy. Something, something gonna happen. Like you ran mm-hmm. through him. Yeah, that that's that's literally the thing. I remember I'll never forget that play. Um I remember the play, I knew I was going and the running back looked, you know, straight at me before <laughs> I even went. So, you know, I'm like, all right, he's gonna pick me up and you know, Micah was also blitzing on that play too. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, he's gonna pick me up and Micah's gonna get the sack. <laughs> but you know, the 
the play, you know, surely developed and, you know, he looked at me, but then he also like went away or did something else. And, um, it was kind of weird. I'm like, this is, you know, way too good to be true Mm -hmm. because also before that game, you know, we're on our Friday night meeting, you know, we're coach Soto and, you know, the coaches were talking, we're looking at film and, you know, we're looking at guys missing sacks. And one of the things we will always say is there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the quarterback, you know, even though like it looks easy, you know, the quarterback knows you're coming and knows you're there. So, you know, when it's opening up like that, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, he has to see me. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Like we literally just talked about this last night. So I'm waiting on him to do a move, you know, do something, step up in the pocket. And he didn't. So I'm just stuttered a little bit, you know, ready to break down because I yeah. feel like he's about to make a move. But he didn't. So I just kept running. And um, honestly, just I didn't think he fumbled it at first. I just thought it was a safety. But either way. Uh, I knew we got some points on the board and, you know, put us in a good position to, to win the game. And, and lo and behold, the book of Eli, always around a damn ball when somebody fumble, man. <laughs> <laughs> How does he do it, man? <laughs> I don't know. Eli's just Mr. Reliable. You know, he, you know he's going to be at the ball. You know, he's going to give effort. He's going to go all the way oh, yeah. to the end of the whistle. That's that's just Eli. You know, he's going he's gonna to do that. And, and, you know, that's, you know, he gets rewarded at the end, you know. Think he has two touchdowns in his career. Yeah, so. I mean that. I mean, could have had three. That's not. That's not let him off easy. Could have had <laughs> yeah, three. He went. He tried to switch the ball. <laughs> Try to be proper. <laughs> oh, you dropped it. <laughs> oh, Eli, man, we're gonna get Eli on the show too. You know, he wanted the seniors. Um, I was gonna ask you a, a another question, and I forgot what the hell I was gonna ask. Damn, just had a brain fart. Oh, so uh, your brother, your brother, you know, joins joins the family. How was it like having Big Bro? Now you know how I met Big Bro the first time, right? Did he tell you? No, he never told me. I was trying to throw him. So we played basketball at JPJ together, and I was trying to throw him. Oops, he was like, just nah. throw it up. And I thought your brother was a basketball player that I had just never seen on campus. Mm-hmm. And he talking about yo, just throw it up. So I, I was throwing up like he was a basketball player, like he had like a forty inch vert. He was like, oh no, no, not that high, though. <laughs> and I just kept, you know, I just kept looking at him. I'm like, yo, he looked like somebody on a squad. I can't think of it. So come the, the next home game, I come down, you know, that ball y'all up, and I see him. I'm like, yo, wait a minute. You Jordan, brother? He was like, yeah, Jordan, my brother. I was like, man, you should have told me that we was hooping together. Because I just kept looking at him like, yo, he looked familiar, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, uh, that definitely sounds like I'm just throwing, uh, you know, he, he likes to think he's a baller. But, really? He can't really hoop? Yeah. Go ahead, talk about him. I, See if he listening. That's how I we mean, know if he's really listening or not. <laughs> uh, I, I let him, I let him have it. Um, no, basketball's basketball's more of his sport. I haven't really seen him Man. in a while. It's not, it's not my thing. So. He left-handed too, right? I haven't. Oh yeah, he's a left. So he think he James yeah. Harden. <laughs> I, you know, that used to be his sport. So I let him have oh, word? basketball. Yeah, he used to want to be a basketball player growing up. I remember. Yeah. Let me find out. He trying to really. He trying to come back as a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> he want to be Justin Anderson out there because he likes getting a left-handed. <laughs> but how was how was it like? You know, for, for what was it like for you to have your brother on the sideline for this special season? Hey, I'm telling you, every time you had a damn 
tackle towards the sideline, somebody snapping a photo, he right behind you. He, he, he was <laughs> photo bombing all your little still shots. I want to yeah. let you know that. Yeah, yeah that's that's just, no, that's how he is. Uh, I always been when we were growing up, but um, you know, it's it definitely rewarding, you know, having that someone that close mm-hmm. during a special season. You know, someone you can talk to about anything and go to at any time, and uh, definitely, you know, that type of supporter on the sideline that. That, you know, cheer you on, but you know also how goofy he is. You know, when there's a camera around, I know he's gonna be <laughs> in it and he's gonna show his face. But you know, that's just who he is. You know, and uh, he keeps the family on our toes and keeps us laughing always. So, um, you know, it's definitely been a, a blessing in disguise to have someone that funny up here and, and helping me out through my last year. So, did I? Did did, did you? Do you know the story of your brother causing? Um, I think I want to say a dude from Liberty on kick their kickoff return team basically getting a concussion. No, I didn't hear that. So your brother's like the the best heckler ever. He's like, yo, you number so and so, you trash, you trash. We coming right at you. We coming right at. Oh, this is all. Anytime it was kickoff or kickoff return, he was either talking to somebody running down, saying if y'all kick it to Joe, we taking it to the crib, or don't get blown up. So he talking to this dude from liberty like they going at it they have been going at it like dude was pointing at him was like yo who are you you on the sideline don't talk to me did you ever play football and i'm like dog this dude got more muscles than you and you just ask him <laughs> did you play football so lo and behold he on homie like yo you trash we come hey i'm telling you whoever you blocking we're gonna run right through you ball get kicked off homie still talking to your brother so he get a late jump and I, I forgot who I, I don't know if it was Nick Jackson. I don't know. It was it was a defensive guy on special team. But when I tell you that collision was loud and my man needed some smelling, like he got up with the Elvis legs. And I looked at your butt. I said, man, you just caused that dude getting concussion. He was just like, he shouldn't have been talking to me. I ain't playing. <laughs> That definitely sounds he'll, he'll definitely talk your head off So that definitely That sounds But he was doing it with a smile though That's what's so funny He's smiling the whole time <laughs> We had some of the biggest scouts too You think you got Dante You got uh, uh, Louisiana Louisiana the, the uh, I, I just call him Louisiana But you know who I'm talking about In the scouting department with the big chest Oh yeah 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 Jordan Jordan yep Jordan. And then your brother Like them three dudes in the scouting department <laughs> and then I'm like, come on, man. Then Zach also, like, come on, man. Can you imagine being a high school kid and a scout coming to see you? <laughs> All them damn ones you see them. Hey, man, let me get a workout for 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 I talk to. <laughs> Does he? Uh, your your brother lift with you, any? Um, nah. Well, I like to. Uh, he does his own lift. We on a we like on two different lifting programs. But he lightweight. I man. think you the big I think, brother. I just think he he, he just does all arms. And, oh like yeah, his legs is little. He got little stilt legs. Yeah, you right. I like I like to do a, a full body <laughs> a full workout. Body. <laughs> and, uh, he don't so never I, wear know, shorts, like, huh? He don't want nobody see I, little calves. I, I literally just tell him to go outside and run sometimes. <laughs> Leave the gym. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How does he feel though? Because now you bigger than him. Uh, yeah, you know he still thinks he's bigger, but. As always, you know he's a talkative one, so you just gotta let him let him have it. That's that's the best way to keep him quiet. Just don't say nothing. He'll tire himself out. You just give him that that sly smile, like you know. You yeah, know, he he, he, know, he knows deep down inside. <laughs> mm. 
Did y'all have, have a lot of battles in the house growing up, or he was more the protector? Uh, we had our we had our sibling, you know, fights as are everyone. Um, yeah. But you know, he he was just so outgoing. I mean, he he was definitely that protector. You know, big brother looking out over me. But you know, he was just so he 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 wanted to do literally everything. You know, so so he was basically on his his own time. You know, with he saw a squirrel running, he would go chase it. So what? Yeah, he <laughs> he was Mr. Hyper. You know, he he wanted to, he really wanted to do anything and everything. So he just literally had to let him go and, and let him do his thing. So he he ultra competitive then. Oh yeah, most definitely. That's what's up, man. So he he's. So you had to balance them out. You had to be more the, of the introvert. Even though I don't think you are introvert, because every time I've talked to you, you talk like introverts. You know, they shrug their shoulders. They give you like one-liners, but you always talk every time I was around you. But you, you was the yin to his yang. Like you really balanced him because he did enough talking for the both of y'all, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. <laughs> you know, that's that's just literally something risen how we uh, came growing up. There's like a little video my dad has. And- you know, uh, it, it's always funny because, you know, my dad will be asking me questions and you'll just hear him in the background answer for me. So, <laughs> so he should so be your agent, something. man. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. yeah. It was just something growing up. He just always answered for me and I always relied on him to answer for me. So, nah, that's just dope. carried on through. Brother, your brother, good dude, man. And he, uh, so he, so he, well, he's, is he Charles Jr.? Uh, he is. He is the third. My dad is actually the junior. Okay. And my grandpa is the senior. He's the first. So they ever think about making you a Charles? Or mom was like, nah. I'm name uh, I, I didn't. I never asked. I really never knew that. But I'm kind of glad they didn't. You know, separate and uh, get my. <laughs> I didn't want to be the fourth. I need my shine. My brother already I talked too damn much. Now I got the same <laughs> name as him. <laughs> <laughs> Did they name you after yeah. Michael Jordan? Like, just put you Jordan first? Um, I really never asked. That's a good question. I should probably ask him someday. Yeah. I really never knew why I came up with Jordan. Or that's a, that's a name, Jordan. though, dog. I ain't gonna lie. Jordan Mac. That's a name right there, dog. I'm telling you. That's a famous name. You might be. You you know what, dog? You, could, you, might, you, you might be the next Terry Crews, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I like, you know, I like to see how I can act, you know. So I, I wouldn't mind being on a big screen. Ooh, look at him, huh? Hey, matter of fact, your people stay in Georgia. Tyler Perry got studios there. He, he, hey, he'll build you up. He'll put you in one of his <laughs> one of his shows and stuff. Put a bag wig on you and stuff. You know, he like to put wigs on people all the time. Give them different <laughs> haircuts. And you got muscles, so he known to put young aspiring thespians with muscles and all of his stuff. You think I'm I'm telling you, and you right there in Georgia. So in the all season, when you ain't playing, or say the Falcons pick you up, you know what I'm saying? They draft you. Woo. That that a, what how would that feel if the Falcons drafted you? Man, uh I I think it would It'll make a lot of people at home really, really, mm-hmm. really happy. But uh, I don't think um, it'll feel crazy because, you know, just growing up in Atlanta and just knowing that, you know, I'm going to be at uh, at home and, uh, you know, could probably save some money, you know, because I'm stay at home. With my whoa, whoa, <laughs> hold up. Nope. You're not going to do. Nope. You're not going to go. You tried. You thought you were slick. You thought you were going to say that and keep going. So you're going to be <laughs> that guy. It's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong because I know plenty of professional football and basketball players that 
were drafted by their hometown team and stayed at home. I just, I think, uh, based on now, my parents, you know, they they're kind of bored a little bit, so I'll go entertain them back at home and you know give them a little life. Yeah, in the house. I mean, how was that first time when you had to go play against Georgia Tech down in, in Atlanta? How many? People, oh, I loved tickets, it. How many um, you had to because I haven't, I wasn't, at, I haven't been at home for a while. So just to be back in that Atlanta scenery and environment, the air is just. You know, it, was, it felt really nice being back because a lot of my friends from high school and everywhere went to Georgia Tech and around the area. So it just felt nice being able to catch up and having a lot of family come to the game and seeing, you know, friends and family. And did anybody tell you when you came here how we never win down there? Nah, never, ever. Um, <laughs> it ain't never been us now, here. That's the, I started to get the uh, catch on towards uh, the end of my career, but... I never really understood that. It's crazy, man. Like, um, so my second year, we were ranked six in the country. We had them. We was up by maybe fourteen or seventeen at halftime. They had Joe Hamilton and Dez White, and they came back and beat us. Um, and then my last year, my fourth year in two thousand, we was favored to beat them and. They beat the brakes off us on a Thursday after we watched Remember the Titans the night before in the movie theater. And I was like, man, that damn movie got our tails kicked. <laughs> 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 Whose idea was that? They're going to look at Remember the Titans. And we got thrashed. I mean, we got thrashed that Thursday night, fam. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm That's so funny. glad I ain't got to play at Georgia Tech no more. But every time they came here, we smacked them. And, I mean, they'll be ranked. And we'll smack them just like y'all did. Every time they came here, you got the dub. I think both times y'all beat them, it solidified a bowl. Uh, I know the first season, y'all, your second season, y'all beat them here. We got to the bowl because it was raining. And I want to say, now nah, we were bowl eligible before that, I think. I think the North Carolina uh, game made us. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah. But that that solidified us, you know, I slot with the gorillas though when we beat them, because all we had to do was get ready for Virginia Tech. So now let's get to the fun stuff. Virginia Tech. When did you realize that it's real playing against Virginia Tech? Oh, after my uh, definitely after the first year. Yeah. When they gave us that nice little butt kicking down in Blacksburg. When we played sure. four quarterbacks. I think we had to manage to take a couple snaps at quarterback. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That was that, that was tough that year. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, this year though, you, your your ankle it. killing you. You 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 basically like that guy that you know what just get treatment all week, get mental reps, save all that pain for the game. What was it like when you ran out on that field? It was packed. It's for the ACC to go to the ACC championship. Your last time around, what was that like? Um, it, I mean, it's something you dream about. It's one of those games where you come to college, you play college football to play, and you know it's something we talked about all year long. And you know, uh, the team captains, and when we talk about believe, you know, the mantra this past year is believe. You know, it's it was just something. You know how you know you couldn't have you know said it or pictured it a better way. The environment, you know, just came down to that game. And, you know, in that field, you know, seeing the people, it's just what college football is all about, the environment, you know, and, um, 
and everything. So when you hit that field, you just like, you know, it's game time. It's time to go in. You know, whatever we got to do to, you know, win the, win this game in the, uh, in the street, go win the being Coastal Champions and go to the ACC Championship. It's, it's almost literally you couldn't write a better ending. So uh, we knew when we hit that field, we knew what we had to do. And, um, you know, when we talked about believe, you know, it's crazy because I feel like everyone really truly bought in and believed and, and bought into that that idea and you know it carried us and no matter what adversity we hit guys just kept believing and believing yeah man it was it was definitely a dope game and when uh that receiver caught the pass when nino was trying to rip it out and he turned around and when you put your helmet straight on the rock yo that's crazy like that hit right that see that's another legendary play that happened versus virginia tech that's always gonna be played right there i mean I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all definitely left it out out there on the line, man. And just just looking at like what you accomplished. So you accomplished a lot as far as being all ACC. But the thing that gets that a lot of people overlook is the student part, right? Because you learn beside Micah Kaiser. We talk about Kaiser how he left the blueprint for you, and I think you took that blueprint and definitely ran with it because you carried on tradition as far as not not just being a top flight linebacker on the field, but off the field. You know the the award you won the Jim Tatum Award as far as your work in the classroom, being on the All ACC honor roll and things like that. You know what what was that feeling like, knowing that you was exemplifying what a student athlete really is? Uh, It meant a lot because it was it was just something you know my first off my parents instilled in me when I was younger. You know when it came to school, it was school first and sports second. So. know whatever you know even if i had to leave practice early to get my homework done or or uh you know i had to um finish my homework before going to practice it was just something that was instilled in me from my parents at such an early age so that and i went to a school that also instilled that in me and wesleyan so prepared me and uh put the seeds and uh for me so that when i came to college in a place like virginia i was prepared enough where i knew and you know, uh, I knew what to do. And I, uh, like I said, I had a person like Micah ahead of me that could, that showed me how to do it at a high level at college football. And, you know, just feeding off of him and seeing the things he did. And, you know, one of the things he always said was he wanted to leave the, the linebacker room better than how he found it. You know, he mentioned Henry Coley and mm-hmm. how he examined him. And, you know, he remembered how Henry left it. And he just wanted to take it and advance it. So, uh, you know, hearing that from him was really powerful. So when he left, I felt that, you know, it was you know, my duty and my job to, you know, take what he did, you know, not let it die, but also keep building upon it and continue that tradition of, you know, you can be uh, a great football player, but also a great student. You know, you don't have to choose either or it can be that and uh, mindset. Man, I think I think what you just said is powerful because I know Henry personally and Henry is a guy that you know was was not only a very good inside linebacker but and a very good person but he was very studious got his masters also before he left and then you pass on to Michael who is the academic Heisman and then we pass it on to you and um, you were two time all ACC academic team a three time ACC academic honor roll selection 3.47 GPA graduating graduated from UVA in three and a half years again you graduated from this prestigious university 
a semester early. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, think about that. So that's really, like you said, leaving the meeting room better than what it was when you got there. So that means Zane, Nick Jackson, I don't know if Snyder, you know, as far as trying to get the waiver is going to be, but who, who's ever in that locker room, and, and Snowden also in that locker room, let me not just limit it to inside backers. I'm being a little, you know, linebacker racist and discriminating. <laughs> not just inside backers, but the outside backers. Okay. So Noah and Snowden. Snowden going to be like Malcolm. He going he, yeah. to call him the president soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that I think, I think that's dope, man, that um, you carry that tradition on, bro, because a lot of people just looking at you, what you do on the field, and, and what you're doing off the field is definitely amazing. I saw a Facebook post you put up recently. Um, can you share the Facebook post you put up and the um, Twitter post as far as what you want oh, people to be aware of? So it's a it's a pledge campaign, and uh, you know I'm just dedicating my uh, bench press performance at UVA's Pro Day to raise funds for Kindness Cafe and Play, which is uh, a nonprofit uh, coffee. A shop that employs people with cognitive disabilities and mm. you know it's it's literally just a place uh in that it's she's the person who runs it is a former student athlete named katie and she's just been wonderful in allowing me to uh to come on board and all and do and help out and um but also uh giving me a chance to um do the pleasure campaign and and all that so it's just been wonderful being a part of kindness cafe and playing meet everyone involved from Katie to some of the employees and seeing the ground from when uh, the ideas and from the idea of having a coffee shop in Charlottesville like this to actually seeing the the building stones and the building take place and the coffee shop actually start to be built up and all those things. All right, man, that's definitely powerful, man. The Kindness Cafe in play. Um, how can the folks, if, if they want to want to donate, is it a website they could go to? Absolutely. It's a, it's a pledge it campaign that's on my Twitter. Okay. Um, it's on Facebook. It's in, uh, it's on my Instagram and you can follow me at JTMac4. And it, it'll just be, it's a link that'll be, that'll be posted on my Instagram and my Twitter page that you can just click and Facebook that you can just click on and, and donate however much you are, you are willing to give. It'll be greatly appreciated. So is it a certain amount each rep you do in the bench press? Or can you multiply for your total? Like, look at look at me. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to keep that quiet. We're not trying to give away too much information right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So y'all make sure y'all hit him up on Twitter at JT4. Hit him up on Instagram the same. Visit his Facebook page. So we got a couple more minutes, man. When I, I know you guys be busting your butt, and I definitely appreciate you taking time out to chop it up with me. So now. You transition to the professional game. Um, who's the agency? I know who's the agency you sign with, but let the people know um, who you end up signing with and uh, where you're training at right now. Uh, well, I signed with uh, Hadley Engelhart at Inner Sports Management, and um, I'm just currently around Charlottesville training around here with uh, our strength staff back in Charlottesville. Dope. So if, if you weren't we're not rehabbing your ankle you know was you going to be displaced and be in a different state training like the other guys or was your mindset just to stay here the entire time um it was it's pretty hard to say on it right now because you know just with my predicament and 
my ankle. It was pretty much just staying in Charlottesville and rehab, knowing the doctor was here and all that, and mm-hmm. what was easiest. So I really never thought about it. I was always just been in staying in Charlottesville and and um, train with uh, strength staff, but also rehab with you know people I knew and were familiar with, which was a a very big plus for me. You know, just staying around familiarity and people I knew and people I could trust to to get me back. You know, in a, a certain amount of time so uh so when it came to that it was just a good idea for me to stay at Charlottesville and just push it out through here yeah no doubt peace of mind so what was what was it like for you to um be informed that your name was included in the backers that were attending the combine this year oh man it was uh almost speechless um you know you see it on tv every single year and uh you watch it and you can only dream about, you know, I can imagine just remember just dreaming and visualizing myself there. So, you know, to actually have that opportunity to go is a, it's a dream and a lifelong dream that I can cross off, uh, say that, you know, I went and I was able to participate and, uh, you know, I, I was able to, to go down to Indianapolis and, and show my skill. Since, since your injury, um, have you had to battle with your weight? Is your body like Joe's with Joe, Joe get eat? five whoppers and not gain any weight uh, is your your metabolism like joe Reed's or are you like a where you only get one cheat day um i feel like it's, it's like uh joe's it really doesn't uh oh, hate, hard, oh you know? lord they're gonna hate you too they, they hate people like you you know that right <laughs> man yeah it's, it's a you know I, I heard someone say you know at this level eating it's really not for pleasure so you now when it comes to putting on weight you know i actually have to be deliberate watch what i eat and you know how many things, how many calories I put on, and what I eat. So, um, this is it's really much, pretty much a job. Every single time I, I sit down and have a meal, is I know it's it's not for pleasures. I gotta put on weight. Man, so what? What's your target weight? What, what would you like to weigh at during the combine? Um, at the combine, I would love to be weighing at two thirty five. Okay, two thirty five, with that functional strength right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you going to bench press or are you just going to basically just do your height weight and just interview? Uh, most likely we'll just do height weight and interviews and just continue to maximize and yeah. for my pro day here at UVA. No, I definitely think it's a great look, man. I, I'm, I was I was proud to see you guys selected because it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of backers that get a lot of fanfare and the real guys with the blue collar type, you know, mentality that can play inside and outside i think people forget that you started outside people forget that you came here as a safety period but <laughs> the fact that you play outside and um yeah man I, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show um before we let you go what's your final message to wahoo nation oh man it's just uh it's been a ride and I definitely appreciate the support um the years of the growth from two and ten to the orange bowl at to nine and five and uh just continue to support the guys you know they're working hard i know they're working hard right now in the winter and just doing everything they can to you know build on that that success we had last year to to have a special year and continue to take virginia football to new heights so continue to stick with them um they continue to work hard but appreciate the support you know they gave to me and all the my fellow senior class and it really doesn't go unnoticed and we really uh appreciate for making um our virginia football time here really special definitely man i definitely 
We definitely appreciate you, man. Carry on tradition. So when we talk about carry on tradition, who are you putting the pressure on to continue the legacy in that linebacker room? Oh man, I'm not going. Uh, it's not <laughs> I tried to one get person. you. I tried to it's, get it's you. Really, never that one person. You know, they they they're all a bunch of great group of guys, and that's where that's the best part about it. It's just not that one guy. It's, it's all of them that that, that are capable of, that I can do it all. Zane, Charles, Noah, mm-hmm. Nick, Rob. It's it's just a. Uh, it's just so many, so many guys that can just uphold that linebacker legacy that, you know, it just, it basically will never die. It'll just continue to keep going and pass on to the next generation. Mm, boy, look, you see how he did that, y'all? I tried to give him the name one <laughs> so they could come at him when they hear it, but very diplomatic, family first answer. I definitely appreciate that. Oh, and last thing, because I know the fans want to know this. I know I want you to inform them of this. Whenever that that countdown to beating Virginia Tech clock put up, did that help with the mindset as far as preparing for Virginia Tech? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You knew uh, you knew how many game, how many days were away, and you knew what needed to be done. You knew the mission at hand. You know, we knew that that was a big target, and what we needed to do to get to the ACC championship and to accomplish the goals we needed to accomplish. We knew who was in the way, and we knew what we needed to do. So. You know, when that clock started ticking, we knew what type of work and we knew what time it was and what we had to do every single time we stepped in the Q Center. Well, there you have it, folks, man. My man Jordan Mack came through, blessed the folks with a one-on-one interview. And for all you guys that think he don't talk, there you have <laughs> it. He talked right there. So that's Jordan Mack, people. So there you have it, man. That was Jordan Mack joining the show today. Who's on the line? Another episode in the books. Definitely appreciate you guys tuning in, taking time out of your day to listen to the latest other Ball Hawk Show podcast. Definitely appreciate the support. As always, go to myhawkins.com if you want to review any of the content that I put out before this podcast and after this podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast or any uh, podcast platform and go to YouTube and search the Ball Hawk Show and subscribe to the channel. Because I like to put up little videos and also my podcast go there. So salute to everybody, man. Wahoo wah. We out. I want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Show the girl fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted head. I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert cause I massage. I coming through about a whole kind of large. I be massaging, I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, both some constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaker fish cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Straight out the ghetto. Cause I'm a sergeant. I got ice around my neck cause I'm a sergeant. Or even gold teeth, I'm a sergeant. Or pinky ring iced out cause I'm a sergeant. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty-two cents and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I tell shorty girl fat, I be massaging. You're big too. I be massaging, I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shit road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, 
I be massaging. I hit the poop. Yo, night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come too loaded and massage. Whole cheese, we massage. Bad new posse constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. Oh, how to get rich. Take a penny and flip a penny. The 40 billion. Huh? Why? I be massaging. What? Car stern wheel. I be massaging. The whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.